Hello and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. My name is Hallie Harris, I'm your host, and I am a hospice social worker. Today it's just me, and we are going to talk about the trials and tribulations of a good Samaritan. So the reason for this episode I'll get into in just a minute is that I just this week had to testify because I decided it'd be a good idea to stop at a car accident that I saw. Um, And a year later, there was a trial. So let's back up into history and get a little bit of a lesson about what a Good Samaritan is. This story, as most of you probably know, um, it's a parable from the Bible. It's in the Gospel of Luke. And it ultimately tells the story of a man that was a traveler. And he was beaten and robbed and basically left for dead. And others passed by and didn't help. But a Samaritan, who was one of the inhabitants of the ancient world, kind of like someone from a different religion or different country, um, the Samaritan stopped and helped the traveler. And because of this uh, stop, Jesus then said, you know, compared to the people that walked by, and didn't help the other people that had seen this person before. Um, The one that did stop was the Samaritan, and therefore the term good Samaritan means the person that stops and helps. So in this story, yours truly stopped to help these people in a car accident. This is not my first time doing this. Somehow I (laughs) seem to be around a lot of people that get in accidents and also have been in accidents myself. Thankfully, I'm not usually driving, but uh, regardless, I do end up at the scene of many accidents for some reason. Could be because I live in an area that has a lot of traffic or that I'm on the road a lot. So I'm sure that's a contributor. Um, Though this was not my first time uh, stopping in an accident and seeing if anybody needed help, it was definitely my first time having to testify in court. I have never gone to court for anything Uh, as part of any process and I will say that TV portrayals are definitely condensed and they are much more fun and entertaining than the real thing. As I said to another lady that was waiting in the hallway, law and order does not show sitting around for hours and the procedural points of order that can really drag out the process. I want to mention too uh, depositions. So this particular lawsuit. I'm not going to get into names or specifics, but um, I was notified about a week and a half before the actual trial that I was being requested to testify about. And then the week before, literally the Friday before trial, and I was supposed to be there on Tuesday, the defense lawyer or the lawyer for the insurance company uh, wanted to do a deposition. And of course I work, I work mostly, you know, full time, 32 to 40 hours a week, depending on the week. And this happened to be my long week. And they wanted me to come into either uh, one of two cities that were a little bit further south than me. And so I asked what was the latest they could have me scheduled. And it happened to be 430 on a Friday, which unfortunately for everyone, I think, uh, ended up meaning that my actual deposition, which is just uh, the two lawyers, myself, and a court reporter sitting in a room and them asking questions that they're probably going to ask me at the trial. Uh, it lasted 30 minutes because we only had 30 minutes to be in the room. And because of that, everything was really rushed. 
It was um, very quickly asked and answered. Um, and the way that the questions were asked were a little bit different than they ended up being at trial, I think. Um, when the question were, were asked differently at trial, they may have said the words the same, but the way that I thought of them as they were being asked was different. For example, um, I had stayed until the aid card got there. And my response to one of the questions was that once the aid car came, I asked them if I needed to stay and make a statement or if I could go. And they said, no, you know, basically we've got this. And I think my response during the deposition was everything is fine. What I meant by that was not that the people were fine or the cars were fine or that anything like that, but that everything was fine in regards to me being able to leave because they had come and take over the situation and they were handling it. But at trial, when I was asked, you know, was everything fine? The way that it was asked to me made it sound like I was saying that the first responders had said, there's no crises here. There's, there's nothing wrong. And <clears throat> I can't speak to whether there was anything wrong or not. I'm not a medical professional in that way. I can't do, you know, broken bone and concussion assessments. And so I wanted to make sure that the jury heard. And by the way, yes, there was a jury, even though this was a civil case, there were 12 jurors. Um, I wanted to make sure that the jury knew that what I meant by that was that they had come to take over the scene and that it was okay for me to leave. So thankfully I was able to clarify that. Um, I didn't want my testimony to be either for the plaintiff or the defense. I was strictly saying what I saw and what my interpretation was um, when I saw it. A few weird things about the jury is that I kept having to listen to the lawyers and then face the jury when I answered, which is an awkward thing to do when you're listening to someone, you usually want to answer them. But I was asked to look at the lawyers and then answer the jury, which was going back and forth to my right and left, very awkward. Uh, and then the jury, because it was a civil trial, they were allowed to ask me questions. So they had to write down their questions. Then the jury and myself had to leave. Then the lawyers and the judge had to talk about the questions <laughs> and decide which questions they could ask me. So they did write down two questions. The only one I was allowed to answer was, did the person in the front hit anyone else? It was a rear end accident, if I didn't specify that. Um, but it was interesting also to know what things were left out and what things were not allowed to be entered because, you know, I think you see a little bit on law and order when they do procedural things with the judge where I'll allow it, I won't allow it. Um, and to be actually in a situation where you knew there were more details that may sway, sway a jury one way or another, but you're not allowed to talk about them. For example, when the accident happened, we were all traveling at about 55 to 60 miles an hour and everyone came to a fairly abrupt stop. Now, I estimate that the collision was probably at around 35 miles an hour by the time it happened. Um, it certainly wasn't that we were almost stopped, but because I'm not an expert in speed, I wasn't allowed to give an estimate of how fast I thought we were all going. Um, all that was acknowledged was that we were not at a complete stop. And as anyone that's ever been rear-ended knows, there's a big difference between getting hit at five miles an hour and getting hit at 35 miles an hour. 
So I hope that, you know, at least in that instance, that the diff the plaintiffs were able to bring in a little bit more information. Um, maybe even the driver was able to speak to that, but I was not allowed to. I was also not allowed to mention the skid marks and um, anything about anti-lock brakes, because as you also know, if you have anti-lock brakes, your brakes pulse, you don't, unless it's wet, it's pretty hard to get your tires to skid unless it's an older vehicle that does not have ABS. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting experience this week. Um, I joked around a lot that I wasn't going to ever be a good Samaritan again. I was likely never going to stop in another accident, but clearly that will not happen because not only am I a social worker, but I've, as I've talked about before, um, people and connections are important to me and there's never going to be a time that I see an accident um, or a situation where someone's in need and I think that I might be able to help a little bit and I'm not that I'm not going to stop. That's just silly. So it didn't cost me more than five minutes on that day. I certainly didn't think I was going to have to go to court and spend half the day there, but um, I would hope that whoever would see an accident that I'm in would be willing to come and testify as to what they saw, um, regardless if it helped or hurt, as long as it was the truth. And that's what matters. And in case you're wondering, no, I do not know the outcome of the trial. So that was my quick little rundown of the trial and tribulation that I had to face uh, as a Good Samaritan. Hopefully all of you continue to be Good Samaritans and don't think about what the longer term repercussions might be to make you hesitate to help someone else because it might be you that needs help someday. You never know. So please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions or comments or your own stories about trials, I would absolutely love to hear them. You know, we did a procedural podcast bef episode before, so always interested in your thoughts. You can email us at contact at willallbedeadpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook at slash someday will all be dead. And you can find us on Twitter at SomedayDeadPC. We look forward to having some more uh, episodes for you soon. This is just a quick little one to fill, fill in or have a little extra bonus content to get to know what my week was like. And uh, everyone take care out there. Be careful when you're driving or when you're being a good Samaritan. We don't want you to get run over too soon because your time will come. Someday we'll all be dead. <laughs>